sitting here with uh, Leah Oviedo and uh, we're going to be discussing depression today and how to overcome depression. Right. Yeah. Before we get started, uh, we should probably mention that uh, we're not therapists, we're not doctors, we're not uh, trained professionals. Uh, do you want to say something about that? Yeah, I'm definitely not a trained professional. I just have a lot of personal experience with depression and then first aid training and yeah, so definitely I'm not giving professional advice, just being supportive from the standpoint of someone who's been depressed and who's dealt with it. Likewise here, I feel like I've I've had my share of experience with depression. Um, I will say that uh, whenever I talk about it and other experiences, I'm referring to uh, what happened with me. So if it sounds like it's a blanket statement, I, I didn't mean it that way. I'm just talking about my experience. Um, so, yeah, tell me about the first time that you've noticed or experienced depression in the recent uh, time. Recently? Well, I recently started a new job that I don't enjoy at all. <laughs> I took it because it pays more and it has a schedule that works for me. But um, after I took it, I kind of realized like this is not at all where I want to be and I'm going to be here five days a week for a very long time. And um, yeah, that kind of made me feel a little depressed um, but, and, and I did, I, I noticed, I noticed not right away. It was probably like the first couple of weeks I was just complaining to people. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is making me feel depressed. And it's kind of putting me in these negative thought patterns. And so I'm going to work and I'm in a really bad mood. I'm trying to cover it up and be nice to everybody. I don't think anyone's noticing, but I'm like saying, they're like, oh, I just don't want to be here. This is so stupid. And why did I do this? And why did I like, why did I take this job when it's not good for my mental health? Um, and then this week, I've been much more present to that and saying, you know, I took this job because I needed it and I don't have to be here forever. It's not a terrible job. It's just not a job that resonates with me. Mm. Um, so that's been help, helping me pull out of that, that, that depression. And that's, that's more like of a, a very mild depression mm. that then that's tend to tends to be what I experience these days mm. as opposed to when I was younger when it would be weeks and months of just feeling terrible and and being really stuck in a negative place right yeah some depressions do last for a very long time sometimes years um, my last one I can uh, trace back to the election <laughs> that uh yeah, that put me uh, in a pretty deep depression. I uh, I think I was out for the whole month of January. I literally could not get out of bed. I had both depression and anxiety. Um, I didn't know if I was going to stay in the country or if I was going to have to leave, if I was going to uh, get registered as, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, what, whatever category uh, they want to put me in. Um, and... Um, slowly uh dug myself out of it uh but previous um previously uh before that i was i also battled depression uh in the days uh, leading to my divorce so that was uh pretty tough it was about a year and uh, we'll probably get a chance to talk about both our stories in more detail uh, yeah. coming up um so a good place to start is maybe discuss how depression affects our health. Yeah, um, depression obviously affects our mental health. 
Um, it can exasperate problems like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, eating disorders. Um, it can make all of those a lot worse. But it can also affect our physical health. So people might feel really apathetic, so they don't want to do anything, um, which can cause them to have a lot of weight gain. Or if they're not doing anything and they're also not eating, it can cause them to have a lot of weight loss. Not being active, it's you're not getting the serotonin in your body. You're not you're not getting enough movement for circulation. Maybe your blood pressure is going up because you're just not doing anything. Um, yeah, I know for me, it would it would definitely be when I was depressed, and I was depressed for a good 17 years of like serious, seriously mild. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So I've been I was I experienced 17 years of fairly mild to somewhat severe depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were days when I, I couldn't get out of bed. There would just be weeks on end where I could barely function. I'd go to work and I didn't feel good. And I, I, I kept eating food that wasn't good for me, which made it worse, of course, because we're kind of drawn to eating comfort food. You might like break into the soda or the alcohol or the cookies. But if you do that too much, then you're just putting this extra pressure on your body. So um, I think a lot of people don't realize how depression can really physically affect you and just make you feel awful, but actually cause real problems. Down the road, it can cause, you know, more serious problems like heart disease. Um, yeah. It's ironic that uh, how depression causes you to take less care of yourself, which in turn increases the depression or makes it worse. And then it's just it's, it's a feedback loop that can yeah. easily like spiral into a deeper and deeper depression. So it's, um, it's hard sometimes. You got to break the cycle at some point and uh, figure out how to get out of it, and that could be tricky. Yeah, and if you're if you're taking medication, um, side effects can also cause like a myriad of health problems too. <laughs> so you have to really be careful when you're depressed that you don't get to a point where you're causing serious long-term health ter- health problems. Okay, did you seek out um, professional help? Uh, I did reach out to professional help in the form of mentors, women that I knew who who were who worked in counseling um, and I just kind of was like hey I I I'm really embarrassed to say this but I I I don't want to do anything I feel really depressed mm. um yep um so I I did reach out to people to help with guidance but then since I couldn't these were people I knew they were mentors like I said so since I couldn't really afford to go to therapy and I didn't really know about support groups at the time I didn't even realize when I was trying to heal from depression that support groups for depression existed <laughs> i just thought like mental illness was something for people that ended up in the psychiatric unit um so i, I did i started reading a lot of books and watching videos and listening to podcasts and doing a lot of research about depression how it physically affects me and mentally affects me um i started changing my diet and this was you know this wasn't not like overnight certainly wasn't even over six months it was a good three or four years of seriously doing this. It took me a while to get to a point of really eating healthy like I do now um, and not being in those downward spirals. I found meditation to be really difficult in the beginning, but then I found mindfulness practice to be a little easier because it was more of a a focus task as opposed to a trying to silence my mind task. Mm. Um, And then that led me into be able to to do meditation more often. And I'm still, I'm not like a, a guru who's sitting down for a half an hour to an hour <laughs> usually. Uh, usually it's just like a 15 minute de- uh, meditation. And sometimes I get so relaxed I fall asleep. 
That's a good sign, right? Um, and then one of my favorite things was I found the self-love diet by a therapist named Michelle Monero. She's up in San Francisco and she's a certified therapist. Actually, she recently retired professionally, but she still helps people. Um, she started the Love Warrior community with her daughter, Emelina, and it's it's all about self-love. So the self-love diet isn't about changing what you eat or changing, you know, or exercising, though obviously that has plays an important role. It was about loving yourself, accepting yourself, loving your body. Um, and that was just such an eye-opener for me. Like, I, I hated my body so much when I was younger, just like a lot of women and, and, and men. Um, I, mean, I know it happens to men too, but definitely for young women growing up in, in their teenage years, they just, you know, we want to look pretty and attractive and we're just force-fed these constant messages. And I was tall and, and rather thin. People were always telling me, you should be a model. But then I would look at models and be like, well, my teeth are crooked and my hair is not right and I have a big nose and there's no way I could ever be a model. So so I got these conflicting messages and you know, I, I hated my body for so long. Um, the self-love community, it really just helped me focus on that. Uh, there was, I read it somewhere and I don't remember exactly where, but at some point I read something that said, you only have one body. And like, I'm sure I've heard that before. Obviously I knew it. I only have one body. I studied biology in school, but the timing of when I saw that after, you know, working on myself, it just, it just lashed onto my brain. And that's what I always think anytime I hear somebody else saying like something detrimental to their, to their looks or their body, I think, but you only have one body. Like I wish like I, other people could really grasp that idea. Like this is my one body. It doesn't look like an airbrushed person in a magazine cover. Nobody does. They're airbrushed. Um, and yeah, I love it. I love my, my fat thighs and my big feet and my big nose and my crazy hair that I don't know what it's doing right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, self-love is just probably the, the main thing for, for depression. Um, because if you don't love yourself, then it's hard to want to heal. Yes. Yes, definitely. It feels like, uh, It'd be one of the cornerstones, right, of of improving. Otherwise, uh, what's the motivation? Yeah. How do you, how do you go about finding support? Um, these days it's really easy to just go online. There's the if if you're struggling with depression, the Anxiety Depression Association of America has a website. It's adaa.org. Um, and then there's all sorts of local county helplines you can call. Um, there's state resources. Pretty much every state at this point has mental health um, resources and programs. There's peer-to-peer -peer support groups. And mm. um, for me, the the first thing that I had to do was just I had to reach out to someone um, and just be like, "Hey, <laughs> I can't handle my life right now. I yeah. I have constant suicidal ideation, and I'm I'm so unhappy, and I just am, I don't know what to do. Can you help me?" And luckily, they were a very loving person, very supportive, and they were like, "Hey." I'll, I'll help you with what I can and, and you, you are going to do the work and you're going to, you know, I'm going to help you, but you're, she told me you're going to help me. You're going to help yourself. Yeah. Um, so that really helped, but there's, there's hotlines, there's the suicide prevention hotline. It's national. You can call 1-800-273-8255. Um, and you can talk to somebody who can talk, talk you out of, out of suicide. Um, I, recently did a mental health first aid training and 
I don't think you should have, you should wait until after you've, you feel like you've been healing. Like you feel really more healed than you have been. Like, I don't know if I would call myself totally healed because it does take a while for depression to go away. And we live in a pretty turbulent, um, turbulent times, mm. but I think at any point in your recovery, if you can go take first aid, mental health first aid training, that it, it's so amazing because it really gives you a background, like more medical information about why your brain is reacting this way. Why, why are you feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things they said in the class, the course I took, it's uh, Mental Health America, and they do health free classes all over, but they said mental health is a natural reaction. And that's another thing that really stuck with me. It's like, Okay, it's not be, it's not we're not messed up. There's not something wrong with our brains. Mm-hmm. We may have a chemical imbalance that needs, you know, special treatment, but our brains are reacting to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, for me it was more definitely more external. Um well, it was mental too, but I don't I don't have a technically chemical imbalance in my brain. So, you know, the depression that I can help people with isn't necessarily the same as a friend of mine who has a chemical imbalance. Um, I have more than one, <laughs> but, and I, I, you know, I don't want to ever say anything that makes it sound like I, I don't support that or that that's, you know, that you can take care of that with just meditation. You might need some sort of holistic or pharmaceutical medication. I am not here to decide that for anybody. I would never decide that for someone that's a personal choice. Um, so I think it's really important to, you know, get whatever help you need. If you need to be on medication for a while to help yourself stabilize, or maybe you need it for a very long term, mm-hmm. that's that's totally okay. Everybody needs to follow their own path. So there's hotlines you can call. There's peer-to-peer support groups. There's therapists. There's mentors. There's religious organizations. There's local nonprofits. There are so many places that you can reach out to. You just have to want you have to be able to say, you know, I want, I want help mm-hmm. and then decide which one is right for you. So it's different for everybody. My, my way of healing is not going to be the same for somebody else, even though I do think, and I, I mean, I know that self, self-love is super important. Like yeah. every little thing I do is not going to help everybody else. Sometimes it's difficult, I find, to notice when someone needs help with depression uh, because as a result of the, the condition itself, you become more recluse and more uh, just isolated. And uh, how do you support someone who's depressed when they don't show any signs of depression? Or maybe you just haven't heard from them, I guess. do you Have you experienced that before? Yeah. Um, I actually have a family member who's been dealing with depression. And it was two winters ago when... I, I just straight out asked them, like, you sound really depressed. Are, are you okay? And, and it took a while, but eventually they were like, yeah, I, I mean, I am depressed. This is, my life is really hard right now. And it was, I mean, they, they're still going through a lot of really awful things. Um, you can't always know. People were really surprised when I told them that I was depressed during the years that I was depressed. A few people that were close to me were like, well, yeah, I always kind of wondered, but you seem to handle it so well. You know, it didn't seem like something serious, but man, I, I wish, I wish I could go back in time and someone would have reached out to me when I was younger. Mm. It would have saved me 17 years of, of so much pain. Um, so it, it, you can't always tell people are really good at hiding things, but I think just having a conversation with someone, like one of the things you're trained to say in mental health first aid is, um, you know, I noticed that you haven't been 
acting acting like yourself lately or you haven't been hanging out with with us with your friends or you have you know not been showing up to work a lot you've been calling in sick um there's all these warning signs like people who are sick a lot people who constantly cancel plans um just people acting differently if someone if you see someone that you haven't seen in a while and their clothes are disheveled and their hair is a mess and they're like maybe a little out of it it's probably a pretty good sign that they're depressed um or they have an even more severe mental mental health mental illness mm. Um, so the signs aren't always super clear, but if you look and if you talk to people, you're going to hear, start hearing words. They're going to start saying things like they, they feel like giving up or they feel tired or uninspired or very angry at the world. Sometimes they'll, they'll just start talking. It's <laughs> yeah. been my experiences talking with people. And if you give them an opening, like, Hey, you don't feel good or you, you look like you don't feel good or you sound like you don't feel good. I don't understand what you're going through, but can I help you? Or, or is there something you want to talk about? Or just telling that person, even if they shut you down saying, okay, well, I'm here. If you need anybody to listen, I'm here. And then um, if they don't reach out to you, just to check in with them um, either every couple of days or every week, send emails and texts, go in person. In person is like definitely the best, but we can't always do that for somebody because of our schedules or where they live or their schedules um but yeah asking people you know how can i help you is the, the first question you ask is how can i help you and if they say something that you can't help them with you say well okay i can't do that is there something else i can help you with and they might say something that you can't help them with like yeah i need to find a therapist and you can direct them to um like a local directory of therapists or find a pair of support group for them and then what we learned in first aid training is like you write the information down or you ask them to write it down so that they have it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is the information. If you want to write down this phone number or write down this website address and then go look it up. Um, so you're kind of putting the power in their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really about trying to empower them to make the decision. One of the worst things you can do is be like, listen, I can tell you're really yeah. depressed. I'm going to like, put you in therapy and you're going to be fine but so that's just you don't want to be aggressive towards anybody who's feeling depressed and you can be aggressive in a nice way too you don't want to be pushy i guess is a better word it's really really important to kind of just let them talk and listen it's amazing what you can learn from a friend or a family member if you just listen to them i recently sat with someone i'm related to they were really upset and they were just crying and they were also angry and they were saying all sorts of things and, and it was really painful to hear it. But instead of like interrupting them or saying, oh, it's going to be okay, I just I just sat there and listened and hugged them. Mm. And, you know, it was a little uncomfortable, even though I know this person my whole life, but I realized what they really needed was someone to listen to them. And, and I think it helped. I certainly hope it helped. <laughs> Um, let's talk about, uh, if you don't mind, uh, just kind of get into more personal stories. Uh, do you, uh, would you care to share when you first, uh, you know, going way back to the early years, uh, when you first figured out that you had, uh, you were struggling with something and, uh, whether it just, it was, it happened suddenly, there was like an event or did it just kind of creep in or just, you kind of, uh, slowly eased into this, um what we uh, would call later, I guess, depression. Mm, yeah. Um, wow. Well, I remember feeling, feeling, I guess, like the, the twinges of it when I was younger. Um, I was 12 or 
about 12 years old and um, I was going to a school. It wasn't a great school. I wasn't very happy, but I was assaulted by a much older, an older and bigger girl. Um, she physically assaulted me. It was, it was terrifying. It was very traumatic. I remember escaping from, from her at one point and just, and I don't know how I got away. It's, it's kind of a blur, but it was, it was so traumatic that my mother actually didn't let me go back to the school. Or she asked me, she's like, you don't have to go back to the school if you don't want to. I will find another way. Um, so that was really, really scary for me. Like I had been bullied before, but I'd never been bullied to such an extreme. So all the extra years of bullying and then this super physical confrontation, it, it, it really traumatized me. Um, about a year later, a friend who was like an older brother to me, he, he took his own life, um, killed, by, killed himself with a gun. And it was, it, it was, it was just so confusing to me. I, I couldn't understand, um, and nobody seemed to want to talk about it too much. This was a family that was very close to my family. We were practically, <laughs> practically family. I'm still really close with the family, but there were definitely years there when, when I wasn't close with them. Um, so that happened. The, the, the suicide was just, it just blew my mind. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And then I moved to another school <laughs> and I felt super isolated. Um, I wasn't making friends. And that was when the depression really started like digging into me. That's when it, that's what I remember it just becoming like this thing that just took over my life. There was just this constant dark cloud. Good things would happen. Of course, I'd have a birthday party or a fun vacation or a family event and I'd be happy. But as soon as anything that was good was happening ended, it just, just would slip back into depression, into this really dark place. So there was, there was that. Um, How old were you then? Uh, I was about 15, 16. Okay. I remember really noticing it. Um, so I just, I kind of like brushed it off like, well, this is just life. Life is a terrible thing, you know? Like uh, all I could see at this point was the assault when I was younger, the bullying, my friend's suicide, and this just going to the school where I didn't know anybody I didn't like being there. Um, we moved around a lot when I was a kid, so I had a kind of tumultuous life. My my parents split up when I was younger. So I'll all of these things just compounded, but I was like, well, that's just the way life is. It's just a terrible life. So I just went through the motions, but I, I couldn't keep jobs. I barely made it through school with an associate's degree. I just kept floundering and falling. Um, so yeah, so I guess for about 17 years, I, I just felt like, like this is ridiculous. I would curl up in the fetal position on the floor of my room and just cry and sob for hours. And just, I would say the most cruel thing to, things to myself. I would tell myself that I was stupid and a loser and I was ugly and that I was so dumb and there was something seriously wrong with me. Um, and then I learned during that time, I learned that my father dealt with depression and alcoholism and that other people in the family have dealt with depression. Um, so I, I just was like, okay, this is just the way it's going to be. And then <laughs> it was a series of other terrible events that kind of pushed me out of it. Years, years, years later, uh, I had a friend suddenly die, totally unexpected, just a few years younger than me, and she died. Um, I was working a job I didn't like very much. Well, I liked it, but it was super stressful in social services. And then I broke my leg. And all three of these things just, they happen within months. Um it started to, you know, my, my leg felt better. I started clearing up. I decided to date a different job. And 
that's when I realized like I <laughs> I need to get help. I can do this. Like I I cannot live like this for the rest of my life. I am not going to jump off of the overpass that I walk over every day wishing I could jump over. I can't handle being curled up in the fetal position. I can't handle having anxiety attacks that stop me from going to a party or stop me from going to work or calling in sick. It was just it was kind of like an avalanche of things. I was just like that's it. I'm not doing this anymore and that's when I started reaching out. Yeah, so that's my story. What 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 would you like to share about depression and how you've experienced it? I It's hard to tell exactly when I first experienced or I realized that it was depression. I know that I I struggled quite a bit with the uh, family life and uh, well raising two kids with uh on the spectrum uh, autism and uh my relationship with my wife was kind of getting strained quite a bit. because uh, of the situation at home but i did find uh, surfing to be very therapeutic and i i used to surf every day and i think it literally saved my life because uh, i used to just go out in the ocean and uh, paddle out and surf until i was exhausted and it felt so good um, but eventually even that didn't cut it anymore mm-hmm. i think i reached a point where it was just too overwhelming and i started grieving openly about uh, my situation and I'm by the way still sometimes uh, f- I sometimes I feel that way still and um yeah it caught up with me and I'm surprised I I wasn't fired from my job because I <laughs> I remember for a good solid year about one whole entire year I used to uh just I looked like a mess I, that's the best way I could describe it I I I didn't shave I didn't you know I, i didn't take care of myself i used to stroll into work super late and i remember people used to look at me you know walking down the hall obviously thinking it's like <laughs> who is this guy showing up like in the middle of the day you know but my boss was very understanding and he didn't actually question what was going on he just kind of let it slide so he was very uh uh open or very um understanding i should say but uh once i told him what was going on in my life he was like completely taken aback and he was very uh sub- more so supportive after that um and yeah he helped me uh develop a good work uh life balance from there um it was only after uh the marriage dissolved that i started finally healing cuz then i i i was able to get into my own space and uh start Uh, recovering slowly and understanding what was going on and the environment I was in. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of my story. I I feel like uh I still relapse every now and then, but uh the the big depression that I experience I I feel is behind me now. So what sort of a- actions or activities do you do other than or just surfing like to um yeah. to make yourself feel better when you start to feel depressed? Yeah, so like yourself I start eating very well. I cleaned up my diet completely and uh well the way that my body felt it should be uh, and it's going to be different for everyone but uh I just experimented until I found something that works for me and uh I feel uh that food definitely was a huge uh change in the way I felt Yeah I've definitely noticed that when I eat well I feel better I mean it's not not and that's just not for depression right that's for anything if you If you're eating a lot of junk food, you probably feel kind of junky. <laughs> right. Yes, definitely. Uh and um 
so fast forwarding a little bit uh recently you said that you felt depressed um, because of the job um so at this point you knew you've been through it once at least or a couple of times did you know exactly what you needed to do to get out of it and what did you do yeah um so i knew i needed to reach out so i i did try to reach out to a few people and i got a hold of a friend and just told her you know like it's just it's a lot of the little things that are really stressing me out right now and i'm feeling sad and Mm -hmm. she gave me a hug and she's like you know we talked for a, a short amount of time but even just that short conversation with her and that hug made me feel a lot better. Um, and then after seeing her, I went to the garden and I, I volunteer at a garden and I'm really lucky because digging in the dirt is amazing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with you and surfing, there's something about yeah. connecting with nature. Yeah. Um, and then just checking my thoughts because negative thought patterns will really get you stuck. I don't know about you, but my experience is if I start negative if i start berating myself or a choice i made then i can turn it into this huge huge thing that just becomes like monumental and it's like oh my gosh i you know i i made a choice about a job that i don't like but it's not ruining my life or anybody else's um so yeah just paying attention to those thought patterns do you ever do you ever feel like you get stuck in your head that's definitely one of the things that i feel um that uh it's one of the main reasons why I get into depressions. Um, I I have this thing where uh, I have an overactive imagination, <laughs> and that's uh, it helps me with a lot of things in my life. You know, it's uh, I, I feel like artists in general who are creative and have a lot of imagination are prone to depression. It seems because our imagination is so strong that you can imagine yourself into a really bad mood. You know, recently I've learned to deal with expectations better. Mm. And um, that's another thing that I was really uh, not handling very well is uh, just always having expectations. Whether it, it could be expectations that something will go terribly wrong or expectations that something will go amazing, mm-hmm. amazingly right. And both of these can <laughs> screw you over pretty easily. So I guess the the moral of the story is uh, maybe just you know try to avoid expectations as much as possible. Um, it's it's hard to do, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I guess minimize it. Yeah, there's actually a, I can't think of the name of it, but there's a really good TED talk about expectations and how they can lead us to these ridiculous ideas about life and ourselves. And and I, I guess on some level, it's good to have certain expectations for yourself as far as goals, but. In general, they don't seem to help. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on the topic of creativity, yeah, I've definitely found like drawing, um, making art, painting collages, or painting and making collages really, really makes me feel good. Like that's one of the things I can do if I'm feeling down is pull out my sketchbook. Mm. And you, you make music, right? Like, how yeah. does that help? That helps you. Yeah, music uh, is very therapeutic, and also I, I draw quite a bit too. And uh, but music was my main uh, outlet for a long time, and. Uh, yeah, I wrote the best music when I was depressed. <laughs> it's a sad, uh, you know, way to do it. Um, you know, I'd rather be happy and, and write good songs. But um, yeah, sometimes I, I, I wrote this song um, when it was very cloudy. I remember that day. It was raining outside. It was cloudy. I felt miserable and I just had all these emotions stuck. And then I picked up my guitar and I started playing and this song came out so easily and it was just like flowing right out of me 
And then um, I called my friend uh, Christian, who was with me in a band uh, called Akashic Record, and I said, you know, I, I can't really sing very well, but I know you can. And and uh, he listened to the song and he loved it so much. He recorded it um, within a couple of hours, and it's literally one of my favorite songs now. So, um, yeah. Have you found a certain practice help, like, uh, I don't know, maybe gratitude or something like that? Gratitude helps. What I found actually really helps me are sticky notes. I put them all over the place, in my okay. room, in my purse, um, in my pockets. Yeah. Sticky notes to say things like, be aware of your patterns or um, just in something inspirational, like you're loved and you're capable. Um, so yeah, really kind of, I guess you can say, say kind of corny notes, but I like, I like to write love notes to myself and just put them everywhere. So that way when I look up in the morning, um, on my lamp, I have, well, on my lamp right now, I have a card from one of my nephews, a birthday card who, okay. it, in it, he wrote like how, how much, um, how much he, insp- he's inspired by me. And I was like, oh wow, I had like no idea <laughs> that, yeah. that, so that's amazing. Whenever I feel down, I look at that card, it's got a goofy and I'm not a dog person but it's got a picture of a dog and a birthday hat and every time i look at it and i look at his his little scribble next to it i'm like ah i feel super loved and that just reminds me to 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 love myself yeah i guess but um yeah sticky notes are great gratitude is great um i like to journal before bed too like that kind of puts me in a positive mind frame Um, I used to like to watch movies before bed or TV shows, but I tended to be drawn to drama and action and violence. Yeah. And I can't do that anymore because it just puts me in a negative space. Yeah. But yeah, I highly recommend sticky notes. Okay. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Sticky notes to their rescue. Any paper. What about about you? What do you use? Uh, Well, I recently I've started making or... Yeah, just running an inventory of things that are happening in my life just to see if um, there's anything that is um, becoming problematic and uh, just either resolve it or try to move towards a solution. Uh, I feel like most of the things that, you know, put me in a tailspin is um, the things are um, external. I get triggered. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a highly sensitive person, I'm, I'm very susceptible to uh yeah to external factors so i um i remember one month earlier after my first bout with depression this year um i i just i sat down and i wrote everything i think i wrote 10 things and um and went one by one and tried to figure something out you know either resolve it completely renegotiate you know something in my life or uh, just kind of cut people off uh, that were negative, you know, mm-hmm. that weren't helping me move on. Yeah, that's definitely important, not having toxic people in your life. Right. Yes, definitely. Um, so just an intentional inventory of what's happening um, helps me. Uh, also, um, <clears throat> I there's something, you know, aside from depression in general with uh, you know, triggered by an event, I feel like our current, uh, the way we live in our society makes it very easy to feel isolated. Mm-hmm. And I feel sometimes that's a big portion or a, a big contributor to sometimes when I feel down, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to connect more with people 
in different ways and more meaningful connections, not superficial ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm also making a, a strong effort to uh, try to find a community uh, just, you know, for support, but also just because human beings need to belong, you know, to mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I think it probably goes back to, you know, the olden days, right, when we were still evolving. Um, you know, if you were part of a tribe and you felt needed, that probably meant that you're going to survive. Right. <laughs> and uh, if you didn't feel needed and you your tribe... Uh, shunned you that probably meant that you're gonna you know you're gonna get (laughs) devoured by a lion or something (laughs) by yourself so i think that all you know all our ancestors who who have lived in communities and tribes and just groups like that you know pass on their the, the genes you know that we feel um that need to be connected and the need to belong and i think it's part of us and our current modern society right now really promotes individuality and that's all good Uh, Mm -hmm. i'm not against it but sometimes we seem to forget that we are social creatures yeah and we need that we need we need to have friends we need to have family we need to feel connected we uh, need to feel like we are needed Mm -hmm. you know we have a purpose yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think that's totally true. I'm, when my depression really took hold is when I was a teenager and all of my siblings were out of the house and my mom was you know, working a lot. So it, I spent a lot of time alone and then um, that definitely didn't help. And then year, a few years ago when my parents died, um, I really got into activism and that really helped with my grief because I couldn't, I wasn't going to go back into depression. <laughs> um, but the grief certainly made it seem like it could be easy to, but then I kind of found my tribe and I got to say connecting with different people from different walks of life and all coming together around these specific causes here in San Diego has really just given me this like new passion for life. So I'm totally with you on the whole tribe thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we met uh, Shakti Rising. Uh, That's definitely, I feel one of the tribes that I belong to here in San Diego. And uh, more specifically, I, um, I think the way that we bonded was at gardening. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's uh, one of the examples that you mentioned from earlier that helps you quite a bit. I really enjoy that summer, by the way. Oh, me too. <laughs> it's great. It's yeah, it was very actually, therapeutic. Yeah. I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, maybe we should start doing the potlucks again on Wednesdays or something. Yeah. Garden yeah. day. Definitely. Definitely. So are you still uh, active in that garden or do you, uh, are you doing your own gardening? Or? Uh, no, I have a small garden at home, but I still go over to Shakti Rising a few times a week. Okay. I'm really into it and... Yeah, it just it's so amazing. Like I said the other day when I wasn't feeling good after I talked to my friend and she gave me a hug, I went into the garden and I pulled some weeds, but then I just kind of sat there for about 10 minutes just enjoying the trees and all the plants and the birds. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So anything else you, you'd like to add? I guess just I think the reason someone, if, any, if anybody out there is listening is depressed and they don't really see any reason. I think something I didn't realize was when I was depressed is like how much potential I had to be. And I'm not trying to like brag about myself, but I never realized that I could help people. Like I've learned all these skills and because I'm not stuck in depression, I've been able to follow my, my dream of like gardening and showing other people how to garden. 
and I've been able to write and make art. And I just, I want more people to realize like they have value. Like every single person in this world has so much value and so much potential to just to make the world a better place and just to, to love themselves. And it's just such an amazing feeling. Sometimes I kind of look like think, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm actually happy for a change. Like I spent so much of my life just feeling like that it was going to be terrible the whole time. And sometimes I kind of have a hard time being like, Oh my gosh, I'm not in that place anymore. I didn't know life could be wonderful. Yeah. Cause when you're depressed, it's not, there's, there's, you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel. You just see a tunnel. Right. Until you, until you start getting out of it and then you're it's like, doing there's gloom. some light. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Leah, for coming and talking about uh, how you overcame your own depression and uh, being a guest on the podcast. Well, thank you, Omar, for letting me have this conversation with you and to get to know you a little better. Awesome. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye.